Hello, welcome to this audio recording of articles on warhornmedia.com. This is an audio recording of an Out of Our Minds blog post. It's episode 98, and the title is The Betrayal of J. Oliver Buswell by Wheaton College. The article is by Bruce R. Chambers. It was published on October 4, 2023, and your reader is Tim Bailey. It's third in a series. And at the beginning, there is a note from me prior to the article. Note, it is a most insidious aspect of our present woke culture that courts and the rule of law have been replaced by social media, mob action, and public denunciation. This is particularly true of President Phil Riken and his Wheaton College trustees in their denunciation of their former president, J. Oliver Buswell, Jr., here, Bruce R. Chambers, Wheaton Class of 1972, details his findings concerning Wheaton's Historical Review Task Force report. Chambers spent his career in federal law enforcement, also leading the Fraud and Ethics Division of a large corporation. He demonstrates the kinds of evidence our woke culture thrives on and its inevitable fruit of injustice. And that's my note prefacing the article. On September 14, 2023, Wheaton College President Phil Riken announced and released a 122-page report by the Historical Review Task Force he and the Wheaton trustees commissioned to, quote, study the history and legacy of Wheaton College from 1860 to 2000 with respect to race relations, unquote. Reichen reported there was much to lament, specifically citing the 1930s when J. Oliver Buswell Jr. was president. Reichen, with his trustees, further stated that changes were coming to Wheaton as a result of the report, including the removal of Buswell's name from the library, removal of his name from any other public descriptions on campus, and the creation of a public display inside the library, which will tell all why Buswell's name was removed. So following the practice of our woke culture, not only will Buswell be canceled, but he will be shamed, as those who enter the library will be told of his alleged racism, these draconian measures were allegedly justified by the task force report. I find the task force report provides no evidence of racial misconduct by Buswell, and when it does try to report something, in light of Buswell's 14-year tenure as president, it's extremely limited in scope. Some of the quote-unquote evidence presented lacks any credibility. The task force uses generalizations and makes conclusions, even while at the same time admitting they have little evidence, yet they are determined to cancel a former president of Wheaton College. For 26 years, I worked in federal law enforcement, rising to the senior executive level. In addition, for five years, I directed a fraud and ethics division in a large corporation. 
In our work, we had to document our investigations and present them to the U.S. Attorney for Prosecution or to corporate management for discipline. The reports had to state the facts, proving violations of law or ethics beyond a reasonable doubt. Limited evidence and conclusions drawn from that limited evidence were unacceptable and not tolerated, and yet that is exactly what the task force report does. The following are my findings regarding this terribly flawed, unprofessional task force report. On page 46, the report states that most of Buswell's tenure as president was during the Depression. Yet, during those same years, Wheaton's endowment grew substantially. During Buswell's presidency, the college achieved the highest accreditation rating and enrollment nearly tripled. The faculty tripled in size and became more highly educated, increasing the proportion of PhDs from 24 to 49%. Under Buswell's leadership, Wheaton solidified its reputation as a staunchly fundamentalist institution and acquired a national reputation for orthodoxy, piety, and rigorous academics. Students came from 45 states and 15 countries. The report states these, quote, impressive, unquote, accomplishments by Buswell were, quote, easy to document, unquote, due to a, quote, explosion, unquote, of records during his presidency. So in light of Buswell's impressive record during 14 years as president, what evidence of racial misconduct was found by the task force that justifies their canceling and shaming him and his family? The task force admits there is, quote, a dearth of surviving evidence, unquote, regarding policies and practices related to race relations during Buswell's tenure. Also, that it is, quote, difficult, unquote, to, quote, speak with confidence, unquote, about it. Additionally, they state Buswell's own writings and, quote, public persona, unquote, revealed very little on matters pertaining to race relations. In light of this documented lack of evidence, how does the task force report anything on racial issues justifying their conclusion, Buswell must be canceled? The task force does the following to overcome the lack of evidence. They state that despite scanty evidence, it's possible to share what little is known and sketch in broad strokes an overview of Buswell's administration. Yet, at the same time, they stress there is, quote, the distinct possibility, unquote, that future research, quote, may nuance, unquote, the findings. In other words, the task force is going to use very little evidence to cancel Buswell while being fully aware that it could be wrong. They state the student body had little black representation, but they don't mention that there was no change from the previous Charles Blanchard 43-year tenure. They use phrases such as, quote, it seems probable, unquote, and, quote, it is unlikely, unquote, when making their case. This is not evidence, it's opinion. They further prejudice the reader by stating that, quote, the surviving evidence suggests that on balance, the campus environment would have been less than welcoming to students of color, unquote. But as they admit later, there is, 
quote, insufficient evidence, unquote, to reconstruct the racial environment because, quote, the evidence does not all point in one direction, unquote. Thus, the task force admits there is little evidence, and what little evidence they do have is inconclusive and conflicting. Yet they cancel Buswell. On page 47 in footnote 93, the task force states their methods are unscientific and their findings imprecise. The task force then states they can't confirm if every student of color who ever enrolled has been identified. The footnote even ends with an incomplete sentence. They doubt their own findings, then use incomplete footnotes, abandoning the reader to wondering what is not reported. Footnote 95 states that a black student, quote, bitterly recalled an insulting incident at the dining hall, unquote. During a 14-year period of time, is this evidence of anything? Personally, I recall being a victim of a number of insulting incidents while a student at Wheaton. This evidence is merely an attempt to prejudice the reader. It does nothing to support their case for canceling the President Buswell. On pages 47 through 49, the task force reports they found, quote, glimpses, unquote, of positive and negative racial views. Their, quote, glimpses, unquote, are few and far between. One they put forward in the report is that, quote, at least three times, unquote, during the 1930s, something was reported in the Wheaton record. They also mention individual articles, common sense, let alone fair judgment, would keep such quote, glimpses, unquote, from being used as indicative of trends or policies. On page 49, the task force report states there was no reversal of black student attendance trends during the Buswell years. They say attendance, quote, seems, unquote, to have been in a trend established from the years before President Buswell arrived. But then, the report states, quote, at some point during his administration, unquote, President Buswell began to implement an institutional practice that prohibited black applicants from matriculating. This statement is footnoted, and it states, quote, this de facto policy of discriminatory admissions practices is referenced in a book by Judith Hall, which included an interview of Reverend Janes, a pastor of a church in Wheaton. The book states that Janes, quote, had a conversation with Buswell about his policy of excluding blacks, unquote. That is their evidence of this alleged policy. There was no documented response from Buswell. To further undercut the credibility of this evidence, it turns out the interview between Hall and Janes took place 30 years after the alleged conversation between Janes and Buswell. And they go on to admit there's neither a recording nor notes of the alleged interview. No credibility can be given to this evidence presented by the task force that the task force relies on such evidence to prove the existence of a merely, quote, de facto, unquote, in other words, existing in fact, although perhaps not intended, legal, or accepted, that's from the Cambridge Dictionary, 
This policy of discrimination by Buswell, it reflects extremely poorly on the credibility, professionalism, and integrity of the task force. If it wasn't so sad, it would be laughable. In carrying forward the task force report regarding what they claim was Buswell's own de facto policy, the task force tries to describe the issues surrounding the application of Rachel Boone to the college and the resultant debates between Buswell, the trustees, and their executive council concerning the admittance of blacks to the college. The task force reports Boone was originally denied admission, but there's no report as to how that denial came about. The task force does not report who was involved in the decision, but merely continues to assume it was President Buswell. No evidence is presented. The task force does not report what the trustees' executive council's position was on this matter. The task force does not even report what the Board of Trustees' position was on this matter. Rather, the task force continues its narrative that it was all Buswell's decision and Buswell's fault. What is missing from this whole report is an understanding of the position of the Board of Trustees and their executive council. President Buswell was accountable to them and his correspondence to trustees Wordak and Willard indicated such. Additionally, at that time, there were other pressing issues for the trustees and Buswell, yet there is no reporting as to how this intense conflict within the board affected any of the decisions made by President Buswell. It is easy to do, as the task force has done, laying all the blame on President Buswell for the alleged ad hoc policy of not admitting blacks. But the task force has not provided any evidence of the existence of what they posit is an ad hoc policy, nothing other than hearsay. Again, the task force themselves admit they found very little evidence available on the issue. In the end, Rachel Boone was admitted. President Buswell stated the college would admit blacks, quote, hereafter, unquote. Even here, though, the task force goes on to make a prejudicial statement concerning President Buswell, quote, had he stayed in the president's office longer, Buswell might well have made good on this recommendation, unquote. Note how the task force parades their skepticism concerning the commitments and character of this man they're determined to cancel. In the task force report, the section called, quote, summary of the 1930s, unquote, follows the same pattern of generalizations based upon a scandalous lack of evidence. The report states that, quote, evidence suggests, unquote, no black students enrolled during Buswell's tenure. However, their own report admits their evidence is scarce and could very well be proven wrong. Their report states the evidence is compelling, that Buswell had an unwritten rule not to admit blacks. But there's no evidence of such a rule or policy. It's all hearsay, with no documentation or supporting testimony. Their report states, quote, there is much to lament in the college's admissions practices under President Buswell, unquote. But once more, 
The task force presents no evidence as to what the policies were or who implemented them. The task force states there are, quote, foreshadowings, unquote, of that policy of not admitting blacks before Buswell was inaugurated into office. But even this general statement is not supported by any evidence from the task force. I have read the entire task force report. What is written here focuses on the Buswell portion. This is due to the president and trustees' decision to cancel and shame President Buswell and his descendants, even producing a permanent exhibit of their shaming for visitors to the library formerly known as Buswell Library or campus vernacular, The Buzz. This report has no credibility and should have been repudiated by the trustees. The fact that it was embraced and spread far and wide reflects very poorly on these women and men. As the task force admits in their report, the evidence they have based their denunciation on is scarce and their generalizations and conclusions unsupported. They had a 14-year span of time to base their research on, but the task force produced suggestions, innuendo, and scraps of dialogue reported secondhand. From this, they declare there were racist policies they themselves claim were de facto. Again, the task force report is terribly unprofessional. Based on the so-called, quote, evidence, unquote, they have presented, there is no justification for their denunciation of President Buswell. It is shameful. May God have mercy on President Reichen and the trustees. Signed, Bruce R. Chambers, Class of 1972. This is third in a series. Thank you for listening. Please do us a favor. Tell others about this podcast. Forward it and suggest they subscribe. And don't forget to support this work. Click on the Patreon link at warhornmedia.com. Until next time, this is Tim Bailey. May our Heavenly Father give you faith to persevere to the very end.